News Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number three, the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete of the show, the number of the show. Well, all the shows, actually. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. And the email is Pete at the Pete Callender Show. And remember, hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender. As I like to say, things get a little bit rowdy over on Twitter. Yes, sometimes, yes. I am. I employ my sarcasm with reckless abandon at enemies, foreign and domestic. So it is. Uh, it's a. It's a fun time. So that's where I actually found this audio clip, or this video clip, I should say, of uh, what's her name, Melissa just put, uh, Fleming. Melissa Fleming, the undersecretary. It's always a weird title, the undersecretary. Really, like what? Undersecretary? Is that a British term? Undersecretary? It sounds like unmentionables, doesn't it? It sounds like, ooh, like purient. Anyway, Undersecretary General for Global Communications of the United Nations, Melissa Fleming, appearing at the World Economic Forum. Yes, that World Economic Forum. Panel discussion titled Tackling Disinformation. And she talks about climate change. And she says, we own the science. And then she talks about how they've been partnering up with the big tech daddies in order to what? Suppress disinformation or misinformation. Well, what is disinformation? What is misinformation? And what are you suppressing? Are you suppressing things that are not true or are you suppressing difference of opinion? Because that's not science, right? Science is testing of the theories and you run experiments and you go wherever the evidence leads you. And there is no such thing as consensus in science, right? Science is just evidence-based. And when you run experiments, and if the consensus was the earth is flat, and eventually you find out, oh, no, it's not, it's actually round, then that's what the science would tell you, would it not? By the way, this is why um, years ago, 20 years ago, in the newsroom, a mere 30 feet from where I sit right now. I was raised, I'm a Gen Xer. Awesome generation, I know. Um, but I, I was raised with the Earth Day stream cleanups and stuff. I was, you know, I recycle, care about the planet. I try to leave it better than I uh, found it. If I'm going camping, right, you pick up stuff. I pick up trash along the roads. All of that stuff, I do all of these things, right? So, uh, as do a lot of other people, right? I, Most people, I think, this is one of the luxuries, by the way, of a wealthier society, is you get to now care more about your environmental surroundings. That's just just historically the case. And, oh, I mean, yes, I'm sure there are some societies out there that, you know, care about Gaia Earth in a way that we can only aspire to be. But for the most part, uh, when, you know, a society is poor, uh, they live in filth, sewage, right, runoff. They don't have the technology. They don't have the infrastructure. It's, it's very dirty. Um, they don't care about burning trash because they're just trying to survive, right? When you get the necessities of life taken care of, then you could focus on cleaning up all this other stuff. That's why wealthier societies tend to uh, spend more time cleaning uh, their, their environment. Anyway, 20 years ago is when I first encountered this uh, slogan that the science is settled, Right? Everybody agrees the science is settled on climate change. And then I ran into a scientist who disagreed. 
and made a pretty compelling case that the sun is trying to kill us. And ever since then, whenever I hear somebody say that the science is settled on fill in the blank, I know they're full of hot air. I know that they are not to be trusted because there's no such thing as the science being settled on something. There is an understanding of what everything you've been able to piece together and like this stuff, you know, can look very, very clear. You could be pretty certain. But especially on something like climate change and man's role in it and what can be done to reverse it or stop it or arrest it. These are wide open questions. And you got people that are saying it's all settled. Same thing with the pandemic and COVID and the boosters and the shots. And like, this is not settled. None of this is settled. We're building the plane while we're flying it, right? To quote Congressman Greg Murphy. Meanwhile, the UN, this remember, this organization that this woman just got up there and said they're working with Google to make sure that all the search results, whenever you type in climate change, it just it just sends you to the United Nations stuff. That's all the stuff that pops up first. And by the way, years ago, there was uh, there was a study done. The guy's name was Epstein. Not that Epstein, who didn't kill himself. But there was this other guy named Epstein. Richard, I think, was his name. And he, along with uh, fellow researchers, they looked at the ability of search engine results to swing elections. And they found they could do it. They found they could do it. They, they ran experiments and did it. They uh, ran uh, some of their research in India, which was going through uh, uh, elections, like parliamentary elections at the time. And and it was a very simple study. What they did was they just set up two candidates, right, Uh, built fake search engines, built fake candidates, and then populated search results. And so you would type in a candidate's name and, you know, go research this race, these two candidates, and candidate Joe versus candidate Jane. And if you type in Joe and you get all these negative results and you type in Jane, you get positive results, Jane wins. And the people who do the research, the the, the subjects of this experiment, they think that they know. They think they've done their homework because they just found Google results. And they they don't ever click any of them. They click maybe the first link and that's it. They'll just read the headlines. And so if you can populate Google results on the first page, because nobody, nobody goes to page two of the search results. Nobody goes to page two. So if you just get your stuff up into the top five and it's all positive, then you'll have a positive view. And by the way, the most swingable voters they found, you know who they were? Republican women. Republican moderate women. Most swingable. So if you get a lot of search results that say candidate Joe is a monster, you swing an election against Joe, even if he's not. So this is along the same lines. You populate the search results at the top of Google with, you know, approved messages. So garbage in, garbage out. Now you got to go and look at the source material, which the IPCC is putting together its new climate uh, report. And you got leaked documents that show six years worth of work on this IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Six work by the IP, uh, six years worth of work by the IPCC. Um, governments base their climate policies off of the IPCC, and scientists who are working on it 
have been urged by politicians to cover up the fact that the world's temperature has not risen for the last 15 years. Is that the science or is that the data at work there? News Talk, 1110-993-WBT. WBT. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Leaked documents seen by the Associated Press reveal deep concerns among politicians about a lack of global warming over the past few years, which is really weird. Why would there be concern over a lack of global warming? Wouldn't that be great news? Oh my gosh, we've been spending all this money on uh, climate change and trying to prevent the global warming. And look, either it's working, we don't need to spend so much anymore, or we can you know, take some of the money back and put it towards other things, like flying cars or chocolate milk in the water fountains. Whichever, like I'm not picky, you, you know, your choice. But you have other priorities that you could spend the money on now, right? Wouldn't this be good news? Oh, and then, of course, on top of that, right, we get to tell all of the kids that are terrified that they're going to die from global warming and climate change within the next 10 years. We could tell them, hey, kids, we saved your lives. You're welcome. But no, the politicians are worried. They're concerned. Why isn't there global warming being uh, reported here? This is concerning. Looking at a time span of 10 or 15 years, well, that, that's going to be misleading. We should, we should go back further. Go back even further. Further, further, further. No, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. There you go. Compare us to that time frame. They want, they want the numbers to look a certain way. So as compared to 1998, we, 1998 was the hottest year on record. And world temperatures have not exceeded it. And so, scientists are like, uh, I don't know. Right? They're being asked to explain why, and they haven't really figured it out. I guess you could say the science is not settled on that one. All right, let me get Spencer on here. Hello, Spencer. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing fine, Pete. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? I have a example of settled science that wasn't exactly settled after all. All right. And you got to go back to William Herschel, who discovered the planet Uranus. Thank you for saying it like that. Well, that's the way, that's the proper pronunciation. Ah, All right. Well, I mean, not to my fifth grade humor, but okay. Well, that's a different (laughs) subject. (laughs) But anyhow, uh, William Herschel discovered Uranus, and uh, they were trying to predict the orbit, so... It was not exactly going the way they thought it should go. And after a little bit, uh, someone else decided that there was a perturbation of the orbit caused by another object. And so they ended up discovering the planet Neptune because, because the orbit was changing. And that goes up to the late 1800s when... They were looking at Mercury, and they couldn't figure out why Mercury wouldn't appear when it was supposed to appear. Uh, Somehow or another, its orbit was being perturbed. And they decided, well, 
there's a planet there between the sun and Mercury. So we'll call that the planet Vulcan, and everybody's going to go to eclipses and stuff and try to see if they can uh, see that planet and prove that, you know, there's another planet there, and it's making the orbit of Mercury uh, uh, act funny. Mm -hmm. So they looked and looked and looked, and they never found it, and they decided, well, there's a bunch of rocks that might not be a planet, but they could do the same thing. And they looked and looked and looked, and they didn't find it. And along about 1905, Albert Einstein comes along. And he made his theory of relativity and used that to predict that the orbit of Mercury was, in fact, stable, but it was just that the sun was bending the light, so it showed up sooner than it was supposed to. And that blew all that uh, uh, accepted science, settled science, mm-hmm. out of the water that the other, uh, the other guys were using. In other words, Newtonian physics isn't exactly right. Right. Well, it's, it, it is the constant pursuit of truth, right? And, but with the ability to take in new evidence that would offer different conclusions. Mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like like the, the classic example for me is, uh, you know, the science was settled for a very long time that Adam West was the best Batman, but then Michael Keaton came along and bam, <laughs> right out of the water, right? Same thing. Spence- That's not exactly <laughs> science, but I know where you're going. <laughs> All right, Spencer, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the story. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, people who say the science is settled, like, that, that, that automatically conveys to me that you're probably more of a propagandist than a scientist. But what do I know? Just a little old radio host. But I can read, and the Associated Press got some leaked documents that they've got a whole bunch of politicians in different countries that are very, very worried that we're not cooking, that global warming isn't getting hot. Like it's supposed to, right? Germany called for the references to the slowdown in warming to be deleted. There's a slowdown in warming. A slowdown in warming, almost like it's a cycle or something. Anyway, Germany's like, take that out. They say, look at the time span of a longer period of time. Don't just, you you can't go back to 1990. You got to go back farther. Hungary worried that the report would provide ammunition for those deniers of man-made climate change. Now, why would it do that? Unless, of course... It is evidence that they are correct, right? And it is the sun that's trying to kill us. Belgium objected to using 1998 as a starting year for statistics because it was exceptionally warm and it makes the graph look flat. Does that make the graph look flat? Or does the data make the graph look flat? I think the data does that. I mean, obviously, if you go back prior to 98, 98 being the hottest year on record, right, then you're going to go back there. But we've not beaten that, that, that annual record. The global temperatures have declined, and so we're not beating it. But you want to see a spike. You want to see a hockey stick, right? You want to see a hockey stick-type graph where it's like, cool, cool, perfect weather everywhere, utopia. Oh, my gosh, here it comes, man. We killed everything, right? The United States is urging the authors of the report to explain away the lack of warming 
using the leading hypothesis among scientists. You know what that is? Is the ocean sink. Yeah. That lower warming is down to more heat being absorbed by the ocean. That's what they're saying. It's all going into the ocean. 2,000 pages this IPCC report is. Uh, it's going to be issued to governments, I think, in June or something. Or no, sorry, it was issued to governments in June. Uh, there have been hundreds of objections now uh, filed by policymakers. The report is expected to say that the rate of warming between 1998 and 2012 was about half of the average rate since 1951 and put this down to natural variations such as El Nino, La Nina ocean cycles, and the cooling effects of volcanoes, which is what deniers would point to. Who's the deniers now, eh? Oh, look at that. Our friend Stacy Matthews over at redstate.com reporting that uh, the president and the White House, oh, I'm sorry, hang on, it's not the Biden administration, it's the, uh, what was it, Biden, Obama, Hillary, Pelosi, Soros, Communist Chinese Party administration, um, that they... <laughs> That they uh, closed the Friday re- uh, naming ceremony for the late Congresswoman Jackie Walorski. They closed it to the press. That's weird. Don't you think that's weird? Because remember, Joe Biden was looking around for the dead woman, Jackie Wal- Walorski, was looking around for the dead Congresswoman, and... The, the the spin, the lie, was that, oh, you know, she was on top of his mind, on top of mind, at top of mind, top of mind. She kept saying it, Corinne Jean-Pierre kept saying, top of mind, he was, she was top of mind, and they're going to have this very, they're going to have the ceremony, and so that's what he was thinking of and all that, to honor her legacy and her work and the dedication uh, of the VA center named after her. Well, if you're honoring her legacy, why'd you close it to the media? If you want to promote her as a champion and for all the work that she did, why do you, why'd you close it? It's interesting. It's at redstate.com. Details are at wbt.com. About what, Pete? Glad you asked. Talktoberfest, that's what. Every Thursday, we're bringing it back. Talktoberfest, 8 p.m. every Thursday, live streaming it, and it's on the WBT Facebook page. So every Thursday night, uh, we do a live interactive conversation with uh, members of the WBT team here. And so you get to participate. Just, uh, you know, log into the Facebook and uh, join us. Eight o'clock Thursday. So this Thursday, we got Bo and Beth. They are going to be doing the Talktoberfest event on Thursday at 8 p.m. And then I think they just turn around and come right into work for their show. Yeah, they have a, yeah, 8 p.m. The next week, October 13th, that's a Thursday. Friday the 13th lands on a Thursday this month. Uh, Thursday, October 13th, I will join Vince Coakley. And then the 20th, Mark Garrison and Brett Jensen. And on the 27th, it's Brett Winterbull and Bo and Beth. So you can get all of the details at WBT.com. Talktoberfest presented by Kristen Bernard and Power Home Team and Keller Williams South Park. Uh, or I guess it's Home Team Keller Williams South Park. Uh, 
thank you for the support. We do appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you there on the uh, live stream. All right. So according to the UK Daily Mail, which is citing reports first published by the Associated Press about these leaked documents that say politicians are asking for all sorts of changes to the science and data uh, on climate change in advance of the release of the IPCC report. And they're very concerned that 1998 was the uh, the highest recorded, you know, warmest year on record, and it's not been warm since then. It hasn't been getting warmer. And, you know, we've we've made careers here for ourselves with the doomsaying and, uh, uh, or doomsday predictions here, right, that things have got to get bad. Like, we've told people things are going to get bad here. We've literally been telling our children that they're going to die from climate change. Uh, you guys are not helping us sell this thing. So uh, could you delete some of these sections? Can you go back farther than or further than 1998? Yeah, yeah, go back way back so we can get some, uh, we get a chart that looks a little bit more, you know, scary. Right, because right now it just looks like it's, it's plateaued. Right now it just looks like it's kind of going down a little bit. And that's not going to help us with the scariness. So this report will make the case that humans are causing global warming with carbon emissions and it will do so even more strongly than it did in the past. Oh, this is like a was a, from a few good men, right? On the stand where he said it was a, a grave threat. Well, what kind of other threats are there? Right, exactly. It's like, so now it's going to be like a really grave threat, a graver grave threat. They're upgrading it from very likely to, oh, I feel like I should do this. (laughs) Extremely likely. That makes so much difference. It's going from, do you see? It's going from very likely to extremely likely. You should be scared. Again, if you're not scared, I'm not doing my job. All right? They're saying it's very likely. No, no. Extremely likely. Is there any other kind of likelihood? That it is man-made. But scientists are under pressure to explain why the warming has not exceeded 1998 levels, although the decade was the hottest on record. That is so weird. So weird. Are we using less carbon now? What's China up to? Have you seen China recently? I don't think. I mean, they're putting like a coal-fired power plant online at a rate of like one a day or something. Alden Meyer of the Union of Concerned Scientists based in Washington said, quote, I think to not address it would be a problem because then you basically have the denialists saying, look, the IPCC is silent on this issue. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, they would say that. See, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not a denier of climate change. I believe the climate does change, much like my oven, my thermostat, my air conditioner, my, uh, uh, my, my heat in my house. And that is not a static temperature. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. It heats, it cools, it heats, it cools all the time because it can't maintain a constant temperature. By the way, what is the fatal conceit that drives the notion that you can actually stop literally the weather on the entire planet and layered into that fatal conceit, you have the next, which is sort of at the core of it, which is that this is the correct temperature. Why, why would you assume that you know this is the correct temperature? 
maybe we do need, I mean, have you seen the people like in the Midwest, right? Or up in Canada, Alaska, Bet those people would like some warmer weather. Why can't they get some warmer weather? Why do you got to hoard all the warm weather around the equator, right? What's up with that? Then there's this. White House Chief of Staff. Oh, no, wait, hang on a second. That's the next one. This is the other one. This is the climate change bombshell. No, I'm going to get to the White House Chief of Staff guy in a second. Hang on. But this, this next one, this is from dailyskeptic.org. Scientists are scrambling to understand what natural causes lie behind the sudden slowdown in Greenland's summer warming and ice loss dating back to 2010. The discovery of Arctic summer ice, sea ice, has been spectacular of late, with the U.S.-based National Snow and Ice Data Center reporting that this year's September minimum was 1.28 million square kilometers, higher than the 2012 low point. Wait a minute. So sea ice is growing back? Three Japanese climatologists recently published a paper noting that frequent occurrence of Central Pacific El Nino events has played a key role in the abrupt slowdown of Greenland warming and possibly Arctic ice sea loss. Wait a minute. But if the oceans are getting hotter, because that's where all of the, the heat is going, and that's why we're not seeing the warming trend continue, wouldn't the water be warmer? And then wouldn't ice not be able to form in the warmer water? Why is the ice growing in warmer water if the theory about the warmer water is true? Is this science settled? Is this science settled? Somebody should ask that question. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a tweet from Eric. It's another Pete tweet. Uh, Eric says, Pete, obviously the heat is ignoring the laws of thermodynamics and hiding at the bottom of the ocean, allowing the surface to be cooler for the sea ice to grow. It's simple. It's the science. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. That does make, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the heat is hiding at the bottom of the ocean. That's why the sea ice has been expanding in Greenland. Because that shouldn't happen. If the ocean is getting warmer, you would expect to see less ice and more of uh, the polar bears uh, floating around on tiny little ice flows or, or swimming, right? Trying to keep their bottles of Coca-Cola above the water. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't understand. Three Japanese climatologists published a paper noting that frequent occurrence of Central Pacific El Nino events has played a key role in the abrupt slowdown of Greenland warming and possibly Arctic sea ice loss. Of course, such findings play havoc with the simplistic settled science notion that carbon dioxide produced by humans burning fossil fuel is the main, if not only, driver of global temperature warming or cooling, a notion that leads many green activists to claim that the climate will stop changing if society signs on to a net zero CO2 emissions agenda. You realize what happens, and you're going to start seeing it, you actually already are seeing it, is what happens when you, um, when you shut off the energy supply, production and supply, uh, as we have seen occur in Europe. You're already seeing what happens. 
the Polish are burning trash to stay warm. It's only going to get worse. There are, there, there are going to be a lot of people that die, I suspect, from these climate policies. You got, like, people, when they don't have, you know, fuel to heat their home, they will find other ways to heat their home. They're going to start burning stuff. And the stuff they start burning, guess what? Emits CO2, as well as a bunch of other nasty things. What the scientists are talking about, of course, are the huge heat exchanges that regularly change the climate of the Earth. As the Daily Skeptic recently reported, Professor Richard Lindzen of MIT noted how the Earth had many climate regimes and there have been profound changes in temperature between the tropics and the polar regions over millennia. Right? There's a meteorologist. I hate that word, by the way, because I can never say it correctly. Meteorologist. William Kennanmonth, he recently argued that the heat exchanges were little understood, but they're one of the great drivers of climate changes. It might be suggested that these gaps in climate knowledge have allowed a view to take hold, now enforced by rigid net zero political control, that CO2 is the only driver of climate change, when, it, when it's not. It's not even the biggest greenhouse gas. Water vapor is. And you know what? You know what creates a lot of water vapor? Water. The oceans. It's a lot of water in the oceans. Have you heard this? Have you ever seen an ocean? It's pretty big. It's a lot of water. You know how much stuff is in the ocean? Nobody knows. I mean, I'm not talking about the stuff that we throw in there. You're like, you know, you go down to your, to the ocean for your annual, you know, beach trip and you just dump all of your straws and your uh, the six-pack can rings, you just throw those all into the ocean, as we're all supposed to, right? That's right. So, uh, like, aside from all of the man-made stuff that makes their way into the oceans, oh, that, and all the COVID masks, too, right, all of those, um, there's a lot of uh, uh, plant life. There are a lot of plants, there are fish in there, and they die. Did you know that? They die. And when they die, their bodies decompose. And when they decompose, and even in the plant stuff, like some of that, they're, they're alive. And they're just emitting all sorts of stuff, like plant farts or something. And they're just like going up in the water, and then they just get released out of the surface of the water up into our atmosphere. So maybe maybe the oceans have signed on to some sort of a, a pact with the sun to try to kill us. They're working in tandem, the oceans and the sun, trying to kill us. It's possible. It's science. It's settled. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. Thanks Hi. for having me. Yeah. Listen, all I want to say is people have to understand that energy is wealth. Energy is wealth. If you make enough energy, cheaply enough, you will pull people right out of poverty. Mm -hmm. That's what the third world is trying to do. On the other hand, if you try to restrict the supply or you deliberately choose more expensive energy sources... It is going to push people who barely have their heads above water. It'll push them right into poverty. So that's what we need to do. I understand the, the idea of global warming, and we can debate that, but we can't debate this. Energy is wealth, and if you create more of it as cheaply as possible, people will get wealthier, and poor people will be much better lives. Yeah, they'll have a much higher standard of living. Absolutely. Matt, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks for making it. Thanks for chatting. 
And thank you for hanging out with me today. I appreciate that. We'll see you tomorrow. It's Oktoberfest this Thursday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.